Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name, actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Wir gerne sehen in was ist los. It's dein Freundo Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. IGN Playlist is a new home to your game library. Rate games, share lists, and log your game time powered by How Long to Beat. Sign up for early access today at playlist.ign.com. Listen! Hello, Super Nintendos. Welcome to NVC episode 591, the Nintendo Game Awards. I am your host, Seth Macy. Today, I am joined by Rebecca Valentine. Man, what a bummer of a Game Awards it was for I Nintendo people. Know. Back by popular demand, 
Tom Marks, the fan favorite Tom Marks. Oh, you're, you're too kind and probably lying, but thank you. No, it's I'm not lying. Why would I lie? What would I gain from like telling you that people like you? Well, you <laughs> like you more. It's You're buttering me up. So. Diabolical. I had no thought of that. <laughs> Does it help if I say I missed you too? Yeah. Well, I'm glad to be back. It's been so long since I've been on this show. Yeah, well, it's awesome to have you back on this Friday. We delayed recording, uh, and people were like, where's my episode of NBC? We're like, whoa, we got to hold off, because the Game Awards are happening on Thursday. Now, I want to bust sort of a common myth, uh, misconception, rather, that people have about us working in, like, covering video games. We don't know what's happening. We didn't delay pending some like we knew that the breath of the wild three was going to be announced we were just anticipating something happening at the game awards and not wanting to not be able to discuss it for a whole week so yeah i people i know in real life will be like hey uh you work for ign when's that new nintendo switch pro coming out and i'm like i don't know so yeah that I, I apologize for getting people's hopes up but next time when we delay the show you'll know we don't know anything <laughs> It's especially true for Nintendo too, because oh, we do, yeah. I mean we do get we get some things okay, in yes. advance. Nintendo literally never, no, no idea at any time. No one has any no, problem. and and kind of famously, like the Nintendo will tweet something out, and then an hour later you'll get a press release about it. And be like, okay, yeah, yeah, and well, then we we sit and be like we we prep based we prep, prep articles based on what we're guessing. So yes. we're sitting there thinking, oh, maybe we'll get a Breath of the Wild two trailer, and we write That's, like a shell of an article, yep. or you know that we can fill in with the details it's if one, there is a breath of the wild 2 trailer yep it's no. one of my favorite things is after like e3 or like the game awards or anything is you look in the cms at all these just sad articles <laughs> that didn't come <laughs> true all this yeah. wish yeah. fulfillment as that just didn't happen and they and just we've, we've delayed shows for official nintendo events that ended up not having any interesting announcements right like it's, it doesn't need to be like a big game awards announcement either we've been like there's gonna be a nintendo direct tomorrow and then it's like all bakugan and we're sad right like it's <laughs> the bakugan event. i forgot about the bakugan yeah. event well great. it's funny because the bakugan event was actually more eventful for nintendo than the game awards uh that is that is unfair i shouldn't say that because we did get a look at the monster hunter rise expansion which was very exciting which was in the pre-show actually which was a little bit of a weird place to put it but uh so have either one of you had uh monster hunter sink its hooks into you actually tom you didn't you review yeah so yeah. what what are your thoughts about this expansion with a, an entranced roar well, I'm I'm definitely excited for the expansion, uh, which is coming. I don't think it has a date yet, right? It's like next summer, basically. Yeah, right now. I think twenty, just twenty twenty two. Yeah, and this trailer was cool. It was it was a classic sort of like just show off a new monster, show off a little armor, show off a little other stuff, but not like there wasn't a lot of meat to it beyond like if you want to really dig into the nitty gritty of like little reveals here and there. Mm. But at the same time, it is a very encouraging thing to me that we get to see this new uh they're like elgato i think was the name right the hub this new kind of hub area that we're going to have and we didn't see what the hub is actually going to look like the new city but i like the idea of what we saw in this trailer of like it's not just more of the sort of like ancient japanese vibe that rise had right or the mm. feudal japan which i loved i loved that look in rise but i like the idea that the expansion is going to be doing something new going somewhere a little different trying some other stuff out in in a way that I wasn't necessarily expecting. Yeah. And this was originally revealed uh, 
when it was it back in August was when they first showed during the or, I think no, so? maybe September. A I don't know. Somebody's yelling at me, telling me that I'm <laughs> supposed to be. I should know all this stuff because I'm a professional. But uh, yeah, Reb, are you uh, are you in the Monster Hunter game? No, I think no. I've said this on the show before, so I won't disappoint everybody oh. by reiterating it too much. But oh, it's just, okay. it looks amazing. I am super happy for people who love this kind of game. I've tried a couple versions of Monster Hunter before, and it's just never quite captured me. So I just, I just don't mess with it. Uh, I was like, I thought this trailer, I'm glad, I'm glad Tom liked it. Because from the outside looking in, it did not look like anything to me. I, so I, I was like sitting there, I was assigned to write this article when this came up and I'm like, okay, details, what, what details did we learn from this? And I'm like, all right, there's a monster and we saw a place in a different, in in the distance and there's a person (laughs) with a sword. Okay, Mm. cool. Yeah. What activity do you do with this monster? They were like amiibo at the end. Um, but, but yeah, I thought I. As someone who's not super into Monster Hunter, I did not immediately look at this trailer and go, wow, that looks like something I want to play. Look at all that meat and content and gameplay. Right. Uh, but but maybe other people feel differently, and that's okay. I hope oh, you're yeah. happy. There's stuff that can be gleaned from it, but it does not, like, show a lot. Yeah. 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 And that was, of course, during the pre-show, which started at 4.30. Yeah. It was, like, the second thing in the pre-show. Yeah. It was very early. Yeah. Hosted by uh, Sydney Goodman. What's up, Sid? It was nice to see you out there doing your hosting thing again um this was something that they didn't i don't think in the trailer specifically said it was coming to switch but then this morning when i was you know just reading back up on everything and i saw nintendo had tweeted out sonic frontiers which is uh mm-hmm. sonic of the wild it's an open world <laughs> yeah. sonic the hedgehog game which yeah i mean the thing with a sonic game is you're like all you can do is go eh, i hope they pull it off um I don't know. It's really weird. It's a pretty high concept. I mean, pulling off a, a, a uh, an open world game with like even like Breath of the Wild is uh, it's sort of the the continuation of that exploration of the original eight bit, you know, uh, Legend of Zelda. It makes sense. It translates extremely well. Can they translate a side scrolling uh, 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 game with a, a blue mouse with spikes on him? We shall see. They did it with hey, they did it with Mario, but that's a you know, Shigeru Miyamoto magic. So yeah. Sonic Frontiers looks pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, Sonic has been trying for years to do anything but the thing that everybody loves it to do, which is, as you described, the side-scrolling thing. And yeah. it, it's been like with very limited success. Um, and they discovered what was what was the one recently that was the the remake or whatever of all the original levels or Sonic oh. Sonic makes. Sonic Mania, yeah. whatever that, yeah, that was. Yeah. That was a new game, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a new game. Okay, yeah. people loved that because it was, it was like it was like Sonic. Yeah. <laughs> and they keep trying to make things that are not like Sonic. Uh I'm oh, I'm a weirdo who has a soft spot in her heart for adventure battle and adventure two battle or whatever around the GameCube, whatever those There's nothing were. wrong with that. You're no, a child. But, you didn't know. I mean, it, it's hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's funny, great. right? <laughs> It is great. I love that game. But it's know, funny, I'm... right? Like they they've tried everything else. Nothing's quite worked except the original thing. They don't want to just keep doing the original thing over and over. So like, okay, well, everyone's doing Breath of the Wild now. So let's just make it Breath of the Wild. Sure. I mean, maybe that's the thing we can do. Uh, and it, it does look very nice, but it looks very nice in the way that anytime you put a, a beloved character into a big grassy field with distant mountains, it's going to look nice. Yeah, <laughs> We're yeah. all going to get excited about it. So was, I I don't know. Was it confirmed that it was? Um open world or is that something we all sort of collectively filled in because i remember when pokemon arceus 
uh, was first revealed, we're all like, oh, it's Pokemon of the Wild. It's, it's Breath of the Wild, but with Pokemon. But then we find out, oh, it's actually not not really like that. Now I'm wondering if, I, if Sonic Frontiers. I think that the exact wording they used was open zone. Open zone, yes. Okay, which so means, it's not. Which, which to me implies that it's not like Breath of the Wild, where it's a full open world, but that you will have each level, each zone will be wider open right where you can explore in a in a non-linear way is is the implication of that to me yeah, um, yeah i think so yeah mm. you, you know what i'll say though is i'm really skeptical of the idea of an open world sonic game for all of the reasons that we've already talked about here but i also think too and this is not nintendo but ratchet and clank rift apart came out earlier this year oh yeah and it, it had one section that was this sort of like large open space where at that point you have these rocket boots that you're like zipping around this large open space really fast and there are some like platforming challenges and that sort of thing and it felt like a lot like what a fast-paced open world sonic game could be in my eyes and that really i think worked granted ratchet and clank also has you know 1200 guns that you're using and it's like a very different (laughs) type of game in terms of combat and the goal and all hey sonic games have had guns (laughs) that's that's fair that's true they have um so so there's a lot of differences but that i do see that level in ratchet and clank as like a proof of concept of like how this could be fun like i'm not so skeptical of this that i think it's outright going to be bad 100 percent. but i i do agree with what reb was saying of like this isn't really what a lot of people have been saying they like about sonic especially in recent years and so i'm like they're going to have to prove themselves on this one, I guess. And I'm not saying they oh, can't, but yeah. it's like, I'm not sold immediately just because it's pretty. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm going in with an open mind, open heart. I, I, I think they could surprise us. What was that last yeah. Sonic game where you get to make your own, your own Sonic character? That one uh, seemed like it had a lot of promise. And my son Parker really liked making his own character. But even, <laughs> even he was like, the game's not that great. But I like making doesn't love a character creator. Yeah, exactly. Especially uh, when it's cool st- Sonic Sonic uh, characters. Stick with me here for a second. Right. Have either of you ever played XO One? No. Oh, is that the the alien game, the satellite game? Yeah. yeah. So I played that recently. I don't know what platforms it's on. I played it on Game Pass, so it's it's probably not an Nintendo game. But that's this indie where you play as this. You play as like a little orb guy. And you there's there's different methods of movement, but the primary one is you control your personal gravity. So you either increase your gravity. So you shoot down to the ground or you release so that you float. Mm. And the way you move is is by you. You increase the gravity on downhill slopes. So you go very fast. And then when you hit an uphill slope, you let go and you fly off of them and you can float. And you have sort of a glide function and a a little double jump and a few other things. But that game felt like a Sonic game. And you're Mm. doing this on the surface of all these planets. So you're basically soaring around these planets with water and mountains and forests and all these different features and moving up their different uh, geographies and topographies as you go. Uh, That was quite fun. Uh, It was imperfect in some ways. But I remember playing that and thinking, okay, open world Sonic. Okay. that was nice. I, I don't think that's what this is going to be, but I do think it's maybe it's maybe proof of sort of the basic idea that you can play as a little guy going very fast in an open world. And it can no, you, you got to go fast. Yes. Also play X01 if you can. It's great. I'm going to try. Is it on? Uh, is it on Nintendo Switch? No, it's the only no, console. It's on I play Game now. Pass. Oh, well, we'll talk about that later. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> little 
little treat for you. Uh, are either one of you into Cuphead? Nope. Silence tells me that. Yeah. Into is maybe going a little far. I played it when it first came out. Yeah. yeah I'm that, what Tom said. I'm the same. <laughs> well, we've got Cuphead, the delicious last course, which is kind of genius because it's the DLC and you'll never forget it. It's a little mnemonic to help you remember. Um, I'm kind of like the two of you. I played it when it came out. I, I appreciated the hell out of the design and the difficulty. It just never really grabbed me. Um, as much as I love the style of it, stylistically, I think it's like one of the most incredible games of yes. you know the last like ten years. It's just beautiful. But I really like Cuphead that much. Not because mm. it was hard. Not because it was hard, which it is. It just didn't grab me. So, but That's you fair. know, I know like some people are super super into Cuphead, and I'm they must have been losing their minds. About yeah, this. and yeah. and well, and this is like. This DLC was supposed to come out in 2019, I think. Oh, yes. And then it got oh. delayed till 2020 and then just never got a release date. And now finally, why was that? Of- I'm just kidding. I yeah. <laughs> at the end of Turns 2020, out. we finally get a date for next year or, or 2021 or whatever it is. I'm, I'm getting the timelines mixed up, but this game was at least a year and a half ago supposed to come out and or this DLC. So yeah. it's cool that we kind of finally have a, a date for it or finally have a an idea of that it's a real thing <laughs> yeah I, I just i wish i liked the game because i lo- they captured the that look of the 30s animation so perfectly and everything about it the character designs just the the sort of uh sheen of of the 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 contrast the way that it looks like it's on this old yeah. it just it's so perfect and i just i'm just not into cuphead which is such a mm-hmm. bummer but absolutely well, not- respect them nailing the, the look in the time period yeah, I thought the reveal was genuinely really cool. Yes. I loved the musical act they had preceding it. You knew immediately what it was. You knew immediately what it was about. And I loved, as if you're watching on the on video streams, the trailer we're watching now, the little the, the little model guys of all the characters. Uh, the little, yeah, the little marionettes. Yeah, that, that's very very cool. Yeah, yeah, that's something that they could very easily uh, merchandise. <laughs> Just <laughs> set, give us all those little puppets from the all the marionettes from the reveal trailer. Uh, all right. Yeah, we did have one big. Well, I don't know if it's a big Nintendo news, but Metroid Dread won Action Game of the Year, which good for it. Great, I think maybe it should have won Game of the Year, but it's totally subjective. <laughs> um, Nintendo d- didn't get awards. Nope <laughs> they, no, they they didn't, they didn't even win anything. They didn't not even, even win. in yeah. Well, I'll, not even in. Go ahead, Tom. I'm sorry. I was going to say they didn't even win what is traditionally at the Game Awards, just the Nintendo category, which is best family game. Were we going to say the same yes. thing? Yes, yes. Yeah. And this is so badly. I know it was not a super strong year for best family game. It really wasn't. But yeah. I am just, it takes two. It takes two is wonderful. I think it totally deserves game of the year. I love it. It was so much fun. That is not a game I would put in the family game category. Don't, don't play that game with your children. Don't play that game. <laughs> yeah, like if you if you know what you're getting into, if you understand what if you if you kind of like read up on it ahead of time and understand what the themes of the game are and are prepared to talk with your kids about complicated topics like divorce and adult relationships, sure maybe it's very fun. But no, I would not just I, I think putting a big old fun for the whole family sign on that is uh certainly a choice yeah yeah yeah. the message of that game if you're if you're playing that game with your kid the message is if you me and if me and your other parent ever become unhappy 
do everything you can to keep us together at any and all costs, no matter what. Which is like, maybe not a message you want to explicitly teach your kids. Yeah. Also, we're willing to hurt you for our own gain. <laughs> yeah. As happens in a no spoilers, but a, a certain really upsetting scene. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it, it's just an interesting choice all around. Yeah. But yeah. Metroid winning is really exciting, yes. right? It, it yeah. is a phenomenal game and it's super cool to see you know nintendo in what was a like relatively light overall year for nintendo right not like a a ton of like breakout stuff metroid mm. getting some recognition there is really really nice to see because it really was a, a phenomenally good game yes yeah. indeed it's just uh, a kind of a bummer that uh that's all we got for nintendo yeah. we didn't get any nintendo trailers at all mm. whatsoever i thought it was really funny this morning i opened my inbox and i had an email like a press email from nintendo nintendo at the <sighs> game awards and i was like wait what did i miss yeah yeah, yeah. And i opened <laughs> it and it's exactly what we just discussed it's them metro dread winning which good great that deserves and then just a list of third party things yeah i yeah it happened to be on i'll be perfectly honest uh at like 10 30 i was like i just can't i can't do this anymore i have to go to sleep i'm too tired and i yeah, I switched down and I went to bed. And I was like, you know, what? I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll get all the big reveals. And I woke up yeah. this morning and I'd yeah. seen all of the big reveals. So a little bit of a little bit of a down year, I would say, if I was ranking the game awards. It is a little weird, isn't it? Right? I mean, last year they had they, they've had Smash reveals for the last few years, but I mean, not yeah. just that. Like Bayonetta three was revealed. Yeah. Uh, they've shown a Breath of the Wild trailer at the Game Awards before. Yeah. Like it, it's weird. It is a little weird that they just didn't bring anything, anything first yeah party. and they do they have a good lineup already yeah. next year i mean they've already shown a little bit of kirby we know breath of the wild 2 is coming we know i mean there, there's some other things too and like it's just it's just kind of bayonetta's coming next year i mean like finally yeah where, you're talking where, where are y'all you're totally not wrong i think i don't think people were wrong to uh potentially expect something given the track record obviously you know smash is uh, sadly done right with its dlc characters right. but like it, it was not out of line to expect something and i wonder if this is just indicative of the timing of stuff nintendo has coming next year and also maybe their desire to just like keep doing these little nintendo direct drops yeah that's kind of where i'm them. thinking is is where their head is at is that they have like some nintendo directs lined up because let's face it who doesn't love a nintendo direct it's and the last 35 minutes and you lose your mind like the whole time. And they know that the stuff that you don't really care about, but you're maybe interested. They're like, and here's 75 indie games in one minute. And then they, you know, they, they, they're perfectly paced. Yeah. The last one wasn't long ago either. And maybe that means that we're should expect one in the next month or like, obviously we'll expect one in the next two months. Cause they do them basically every two months or so now, yeah. but like yeah. maybe we should expect one earlier rather than later in January is, is kind of the takeaway from this potentially. I don't know, but yeah. that's, that's yeah. totally speculative, but like right. maybe it just it did do, stuff cooking. It did do a Nindy's reel uh, at oh, one yeah. point during the show. It was right. more of a commercial than anything. It wasn't any yeah. new announcements, but there was a brief moment when I saw that and I thought Nindy direct. Nindy reveals what's happening. Is this something? Nope, it's a commercial, uh, which is fine. I mean, technically, the whole Game Awards is commercials if you really think about sure. it. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like we could at least get a little Nindy Direct at some point. Sorry, Nintendo Indie World is yes, what it is now. Yes, yes. I still want to call them Nindies. Which cute. I don't know fine. why they got rid of that. Nobody's going to score you down for that one. 
But to that point, Reb, and to your point also about uh, getting that email about Nintendo, it's clear that Nintendo didn't like snub the Game Awards or anything, right? No. Like, they were still involved. They still had stuff. They just didn't have any major first party stuff they wanted to show off there. It was clearly like a, a, a choice, not like a separation, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the direct is better anyway because they don't have to share the space. You know, if if something massively huge had been announced yesterday, you know, like, oh, The Last of Us 3 is, oh my God, you know, people would have, then they would have taken the wind out of Nintendo sales. So I think they're just hedging their bets and uh, kind of like we did by delaying the show. And, uh, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what, we'll see what comes out of it. So that was the Nintendo Game Awards. Uh, you can watch all of that on YouTube or you can check out all of our coverage because there's a lot of it. We put up like 65 trailers i think on uh on ign.com the website that sends us checks all every month that's not true it's direct <laughs> deposit it's 2021 send us check i don't know but i wanted to i was trying to segue from the game awards to ign's best of 2021 nominees which are out mm. right now now this may come as a surprise to somebody who's only experienced with awards uh, for games are, are the game awards but um it turns out Every other outlet in the history of video game coverage also gives out awards for the best game of the year. And no, that can't be right. I mean, I know it's crazy, but I was looking through an old Nintendo Power and they used to give out something called the Nestor, which was an award for games, something of a game award. So, yeah, <laughs> our nominees for the best of 2021 are out <laughs> right now. And like an idiot, I didn't bullet them. So if you're watching this video and you see my arm in a strange <laughs> angle, it's because I have to keep opening up <laughs> the tab that I have them in. So, yeah, make sure to check out our Game of the Year coverage because it is like a tremendous effort. Like everybody in the uh, company basically like chips in to help out and to write blurbs and to vote. Unless you're like me and you didn't play some of the games and then you have to opt out because it wouldn't be fair. I can't say what the Game of the Year is when I haven't played death loop yet but uh yeah this year i decided i actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals so i subscribed to a service that streams all of the nhl to your television uh the boston bruins home opener i went to watch it and boom blackout restrictions apply which i thought was kind of ridiculous because i'm still 200 miles away from boston but whatever had i had nordvpn that wouldn't have been a problem i would have just gone in changed my settings to another geographic area and boom i could have been watching all the boston bruins home games like it was nothing at all so now i have nordvpn and i could watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated it's the same thing with like netflix it has all these complicated licensing rules which from one country to another don't really make sense so something you could watch on south korean netflix you won't be able to watch on the united states netflix unless nordvpn boom switch to south korea and you're watching whatever korean drama that you want i highly recommend you do that i haven't done it myself but people seem to enjoy them and who am i to try to bring down people's enjoyment uh nordvpn more than just entertainment and sports availability it's going to protect you especially when you're traveling when you're using public wi-fi people are trying to get in there they're creeping on you bad actors people trying to steal your password your bank account details 
who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN is going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um, unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your Nord VPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. That's nordvpn.com slash Nintendo VC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Game of the Year, our contenders are Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Halo Infinite, Hitman 3, Inscription, It Takes Two, and Metroid Dread. Oh my goodness. Metroid Dread. It's a good Dread. lineup. It is a good, a good game. lineup, actually. Yeah, I haven't played It Takes Two. I know that that won the game award for Game of the Year. It's really good. I know. Yeah, it's really good. I know it's really good, but it's co-op, right? Well, the story's bad. <laughs> but forget, just ignore the story. Just, yeah. just play it. It's, it's great. It doesn't matter. But you have, but it's only co-op. You can only play it. Yes. With, yes. Yeah, I hate, That's good. No. No. I no. Hate, no I, you, I hate that. co-op games. I hate them. Oh. Do you know that Portal 2 almost destroyed my marriage? We were getting so <laughs> mad at one another during it's like, no, you put the that co-op mode in Portal 2. Okay, we, but you clearly have somebody at home to play this game with. Yeah, and I'm not going to because I don't like I don't I don't like co-op games. I'll watch well, some streamers do it or something. Uh, I'm not look, it's I'm not trying to like take anything, diminish anything from it takes two. Like it won the award for game of the year of the game awards. It is a nominee for us in game of the year. And so I am certain that this game, we gave it a nine out of 10. It's a, uh, which is amazing. And I'm not trying to diminish that. I'm just saying, I don't really like co-op games. They're, they make me mad. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a loner. <laughs> I have to play games by myself. It just, you know, oh my God, I just realized what my problem with co-op games is right now. It just occurred to me in this breakthrough moment. It's when I was a kid and I'd say, mom, I want Final Fantasy. And she'd say, was well, it a two player game? say no he says well how are you going to play it with your brother then so i was forced mm, to play co-op is. games as a child and now i have a resentment towards them so nothing against take two it's some deep childhood issues that i have to be tom it's too bad that seth never learned that it really does take two <laughs> got him <laughs> well, yeah uh it takes two sadly isn't on switch uh, yeah. yet or has, i think has no plans at this point to be on switch um, they ever put a way out on switch i don't remember uh i don't remember that either i can check but yeah actually no. you know what i bet that never comes to switch because isn't the whole thing around a way out and it takes two that you buy one copy and you effectively get two copies because you can play with a co-op part like to play with someone else 
Oh, yeah. Really? Nintendo won't allow that nonsense. <laughs> uh, and and a way out did not come to Switch. Um, okay. Yeah, that that is a really cool thing about that is that if you have one copy of It Takes Two or a Way Out, you can just like let someone guest jump in to like play with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. The the nominee list is kind of our our own nominee list is kind of going back to a little bit of what I was saying, right? Like Metroid Dread is a standout, but like I don't. I think of the ten games we nominated, that's the only one on switch yes it is yeah. uh, is village does village have a streaming version i can't remember i know they did that with seven i don't know i'll look that up too but the point Yell at being, me in the like, comments it wasn't uh it wasn't like a it was a good year for nintendo it wasn't a bad year for nintendo no. it's kind of a quiet one yeah. yeah yeah i mean as great as metroid dread is and as well as it did, like, uh, financially, it sold a lot. It was at the top of the eShop for a month. The average person on the street is like, oh, Metroid. Yeah, I think I remember playing that on the old Nintendo Entertainment System. It doesn't really yeah. set the world on fire, um, even though, you know, Metroid Dread's my uninformed pick since I didn't play all 10 of the games, but. As of I, you don't now. have to play every game in order to like one game, Seth. I promise. That is, <laughs> you, how could you have an informed opinion if you don't play every game? No. I, I just remembered there's a game, and this is so irritating that I don't remember the name of it. Uh, it was like I any game. These. It was a two. It was a co-op game. So I'm, I'm eating my own words. Okay. And I played it with my friend Matt. Unravel. Basically, no. It was like you were like Arctic explorers. And, oh. And, you know what I'm talking about? And you'd have to talk on the radio and describe yes. what was in one room. And ice that climbers. game you know, was Ice Climbers VR. That's no. right. Oh, what was that? It was super, like, really, really interesting. Because I, I remember saying, like, oh, I see, you know, this rune. Is there something in your room that looks the same? And he's like, oh, my God, yeah. And then we would figure out the puzzles. And it was an immensely satisfying co-op experience that's probably not on Nintendo Switch. Oh my so gosh, I, we featured I this on apologize. Nonviolent Game of the Day like a billion years ago. What was this? It was a very good game. And by the time that I had played it, I pitched it as a review, but it was like the window of people being interested was, you know, like f way too far gone. It was like three months after it released. So, but I'm going to find yeah. it. All right. While you're looking for this game that I'm apologizing for in advance for not remembering the name of, this might come as a shock. Sakurai says there's no plans for a Smash Brothers sequel right now. And don't assume it will come. What a surprise. There's no plans. After 750 no. characters and constant rebalancing, there is no plans for a Smash Brothers. Now, Tom, how realistic do you think that is? Do you think that there, he's just saying that? Okay. What I will say is his advice and what he's saying here is totally valid and totally... I don't think he's lying in any way. And I think you should take his word. Did Reb, did you find it? You look like. Yeah, it's called We Were Here. Yes. Go check that <laughs> game out. That game is really cool. And I, I, it is actually a co-op game that I, I really enjoyed. I just looked over and Reb's, your face was just so proud. I was like, <laughs> she's got it. She's got it. Um, I want to make sure people know so they can look for it yeah, if you want to. Check it out. Absolutely. I, I So, yeah, I think that you should believe Sakurai. I think that. Oh wow! Well. <laughs> and there's red. Red gets so it fast. right away. Yeah, there um, it is. I I think that 
him saying don't assume a new smash bros will come is a very healthy thing to do because if he's saying we don't have plans for new smash bros right now this is a huge undertaking every time oh, we yeah. do it, don't assume it that's totally right. fair that said i think i went try i tried to find old news links for this but sakurai has basically said this is the last smash bros three times in a row right <laughs> like he says it every time and i believe like I think he is being honest every time, but I think the point is Nintendo always finds a way to do another Smash Bros. And I think that that is going to be the case. I don't think you should hold your breath for it. I don't think it's going to be anytime soon if they do it. But Smash Bros is such an iconic series. It is such a huge series for them that I don't believe this is the last we will ever see of it. But I do also think that Sakurai is not like lying or blowing smoke or anything. Right. Yeah. I do right. think that the thing he said also in the same interview that if if it if Smash does return, which I mean, I think we can assume that it will, it's not we can't keep expecting it to get bigger and bigger, yeah. especially in terms of roster each time. And I right. I think that is 100 percent going to be the case. How do you get bigger than Smash Ultimate? Like it it does not the the licensing hell sorry uh heck that some some of these characters <laughs> yeah, it's a family show the licensing heck that some of these characters had to go through <laughs> to to get into this game there is no way i that they go through that again I, absolutely no way i think if we see smash return in the future and we will i think yeah. they will scale it back in in a certain way i don't i don't know if that means I don't think it means just straight up less characters. I do think it means like a different roster than we have come to expect and maybe a different kind of Smash. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Smash Brothers. Oops, all sword fighters. Oops, all sword. <laughs> it's just the Fire Emblem crew. Uh, I actually, I was thinking about this earlier. You know what I would really love to see? I would love to see a remake of the original Smash Brothers. That would like, be really cool. Yeah. Just those stages, no others. Just those characters and no others. Shine it up a little bit. Uh, approximate the original physics. So, I mean, make it better. Yeah. We're not playing on a Nintendo 64 anymore, but kind of the heavier, slower way everybody moved back then. I would love mm -hmm. to play. I, I would just love to see what people do with that. I think it's it'd be really interesting to see what they could do with a remake with current technology, current yeah. capabilities, but also just those limitations. I think that yeah. would be very interesting. I think that would be super cool. And it kind of is kind of what I was thinking was that, like you said, like ultimate, we'll never have the, you know, 193 characters again. Like that's just yeah. ridiculous. But a more close, smaller smash experience might have to be what it is. And I think like a remake of the original would be the way to go. And then just do a couple of downloadable characters on the way. But as far as him saying there are no plans, I was remembering uh, when they, did a Nintendo Direct and they said it's going to be showcasing software for 2022. And everyone, instead of saying, oh man, I can't wait to see software in 2022, everyone said, that means they have another Direct where they're going to show the Nintendo Switch Pro confirmed and we all got our <laughs> hopes up. So if he had given That's anything, right. like any crumb of hope, then, you know, the Twitter would have exploded and we'd all yeah. be like, oh my God, he just confirmed that he's already working on the new smash brothers and it's going to be, you know, 4k and it's, you're going to use your ring fit wheel to punch people with it. And it's going to be incredible. You know, it just would have stoked the fires of the imagination. So don't assume it will come. It's pretty much 
<laughs> the best way to say, just shut up about it. I'll let yeah. you know when I got to let you know. It's sort of like when my kids are bugging me about like Christmas. Well, well they're, they're too old now to really care that much, but it's like, don't, don't assume you're going to get Lego Star Wars 2 for the Xbox 360. Wink. Pretend it doesn't exist until it gets announced is probably yeah. the healthiest way to handle Smash Bros. <laughs> right now, which yeah. I think is also like a modest request when Smash Bros. like just got its last DLC character and is like yeah. still an incredibly good game. So like, you know, like personally, I don't really need to think about the next Smash Bros. right now because it is such a tough oh. act. Ultimate is such a tough act to follow that like, yeah, this is like I'm fine with this one for a while. <laughs> Honestly, I think it's far more likely that we see a just a port, a straight port of Smash Ultimate onto whatever Nintendo's next system is before we see a yeah. new Smash of any kind. I like a Mario Kart 8 Deluxe kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Well, if if Mario Kart 8 Deluxe proved that people will buy the last gen's best <laughs> game over and over and over and over again, right? So like yeah. I think Smash Ultimate Deluxe is a slam dunk super easy thing for them to make with all the dlc characters oh yeah intact like attached and all that jazz yeah, yeah. i mean the attach rate for mario kart 8 was like one to one when it when the switch first launched like yeah. everybody who bought a switch it was sort of the same thing with grand theft auto 5 for a minute there every time a console was sold somebody bought a copy of grand theft auto 5 and that's why it's yeah i think the second highest uh selling video game of all time after minecraft but well, that, I'm sorry. Uh, that Mar Mario Kart Switch bundle every oh my god every, every Black, Black Friday. Friday every Black Friday oh I know all about it oh boy <laughs> every year I think oh what are they gonna do this year but at least they uh they switched it up to the to the version two because there was the the first year the version two Switch where the extended battery life was out they must have had like a warehouse full of those bundles uh with the old original launch version of the Switch the H A K O O one S or whatever it is. And so we were like, wow, wow, Nintendo. Can't believe you would pull something like that. And guess what happened? They sold all of them. They sold them out in like a day. No, it wasn't even a day. It was like half an hour. So people just don't care. They see a, bar a bundle with Mario Kart for $300, three months to switch online. Boom, out the door. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. You're getting the Switch bundle again that we couldn't get you last year so yeah very popular all right i don't want to think about black friday ever until <laughs> until next black october friday. <laughs> yeah october 31st of 2022 is uh that's why i have monday off i'm taking a comp day for that oh congratulations happy birthday oh. seth oh thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah actually every year on my birthday i have like a meeting for either holiday gift guide or for black friday so i have oh. Condolences. Yeah, it's, it's it's whatever. It's my job. It's a nice job to have. You know, I can't really complain that much. If I did, I'd be a jerk. Speaking of jerks, <laughs> I have a Seth take. Oh my no, god! Not... Cat, Cat's back, not please. here. Unfortunately, Cat is not <laughs> here. Bad. So, like an informed and like thoughtful take that spurs discussion is probably not in the cards. So I had like. I I was like, oh, I'll do a Seth take. And I started writing and I was like, I can't organize my thoughts. I can't make this sound not mean or awful because I'm not trying to 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 be mean or awful because guess what? There's so much of that. Just go to uh, www.twitter.com if you don't believe me because it's it's all there. 
But that sort of ties into what I was going to say. Last night when I was watching the Game Awards, uh, there was a point where I realized if you showed me any out-of-context clip from any of the previous Game Awards and asked me to name what year it was, I wouldn't be able to tell you because there's a sameness about the show that's not limited just to the presentation of the show itself but there's a sameness to game trailers that i don't really like they're all presented as though the this game with a with where you're wearing a chicken head and punching a guy who's wearing like a roman um armor in a battle royale cartoon is 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 presented in almost like a saving private ryan movie trailer and i feel that all the movie or all the trailers have this sort of same feel about them where they're focused on um cinematics and story and not on the gameplay which is 90 percent of what you're doing when you're playing a video game now that's not to say that story is not important i'm just saying there's a lot of sameness there and on twitter I see a lot of sameness too. I'm just asking for everybody. Let's be a little less the same and let's be a little more different. That man, I was hoping I could pull something in there at the last <laughs> second to really deliver that home. But uh <laughs> yeah. when Netflix canceled Cowboy Bebop yesterday, not only did I know instantly, I knew a second later and then I knew 45 times after that because everybody on my Twitter feed, which by the way, I know I said I quit, but I can't, it brought me back. It's like cigarettes. They just need to invent a gum that I can chew That's why on. they call it Twitter and not quitter. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was a <laughs> perfect way to end my Seth thing. I just want to see some more differences. I want to see some more risks being taken. I want to see some 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 ways to just differentiate sort of everything in the game industry because I feel there's a we're sort of we're on the precipice of a homogenization of uh, the way that things are presented and the way that things are covered. And I would love to see uh, some some maybe some goofiness. I don't know, get crazy out there, kids. So that's. That's my horrible Seth take. And you're welcome to tell me how stupid and dumb I am. No, I don't think it's stupid and dumb. I think it's it's hard to, it's like maybe a hard thing to articulate. And it's also a hard thing to get away from, right? Because especially with an event like the Game Awards, if you are, if I am Nintendo and I have my 30 minute event that I have orchestrated myself, and I know that I want to show off specifically these two big first party games, plus a bunch of smaller games, then I have as much time as I want to show off not just a little cinematic guide to give you an idea of the story and what this game is about and what the mood is and how you're supposed to feel about it, but also show you actual gameplay. I have plenty of time to do that. The Game Awards doesn't lend itself as much to that because all these people mm. are fighting and paying for, what, 30-second, one-minute-long spots? And they Wait. only have so much time. What? I didn't, I, I didn't know that they bought those. Those spaces, I'm, I, I mean, I'm fairly confident this is not like some insider knowledge. Oh. I'm just I'm, I'm guessing that the people who are showing things there probably have to pay to be there. Uh, yeah, but but they, they have to get into these spots and they have only a very limited amount of time because it's already this show is three and a half hours long with the pre-show. It is so long and very, they have to cap I mean, they have to capture your attention and there's, you know, years of research and data on how best to do that. And the best way is to show you some big explosions. 
and some characters saying some quippy things while doing oh, cool things. And I do love a quip. To give you a vibe, right? Um, yeah. And you don't, it's harder to get a vibe from gameplay if it's not at least somewhat interspersed with these cinematics and these, these very story focused things, if you don't have like a longer period of time to show it often. So I understand why people do it. Uh, I do think that you're being a little disingenuous to some of the games that were shown in there. We already talked about Cuphead, which I thought was pretty cool, a pretty cool way to show off something. I was not being disingenuous. Um, I was just being ignorant and not thinking this okay, through. Okay, disingenuous <laughs> is not the right word. You're being, you're being a little mean to Cuphead. Um, and, and I think you're a little mean to some of the stuff in the pre-show, too. Like, I thought, did you see Thirsty Suitors? Uh, you know what? I actually, I did not watch all of the pre-show. Is that, <gasps> is that the, that's the Annapurna game? Yeah. Oh, I love Annapurna. So, okay. That, well, that, yeah. So, so Annapurna brought out uh, this game called Thirsty Suitors, which to me, look, it's like a, it's a turn-based RPG about a, a young woman who is returned to more. her hometown to see her family to, for her sister's wedding or something, and is just being beset by all of her past mistakes while her grandmother is also sending suitors after her uh, to try to make a match. And it's very Scott Pilgrim, uh, but it's like, it's turn-based RPG. Yeah, okay, Red's got it. Uh, Very turn-based RPG where you're battling these suitors with like flirtation and quips. Uh, And I I thought this this looked really cool. I love the look of this. And there's also like Jet Set Radio style skateboarding. This made such a cool impression in such a short amount of time. Look at this. Dude, look at these guys. See, this is what I mean. This this is not samey at all. This is the kind of stuff that I want to see um, more of. Should have been in the main show. Yeah. Right. What even is that's well, a whole other is. conversation of what even is the difference between the pre-show and the post Fair. and the main well, I, show. I mean, other they, than like Sid hosting, what was the because yeah. they even gave out awards during yeah. the pre-show. They always I mean do. that's that's a whole nother take where it's like, oh, by the way, here's the 14 games that won an award. Now here's a let's talk to, you know, Imagine Dragons and have them sing a song. Or oh, by the way, man, I don't want to sound like itchy or anything but sting sounded like really flat didn't he when he was singing he was not hitting those notes man he, his heart was not in it i don't know i was writing an article oh, I was, was I was like, musical oh. performances when you're on news duty is just great i have <laughs> three minutes to finish this article before they show something else yeah yeah i don't know who the guy was who came and rapped with magic dragons but man i was like okay this guy is just spitting hot fire and i appreciate that but yeah I, i'm not a not generally a big fan of uh, of musical acts anyway, unless I'm at a concert. So, Jeff Keighley put more of them in the Game Awards, so I have time to write articles. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the MTV Music Awards, but with games. Eh. Here, here's what one is. thing I will say, Seth. Uh, yes, I have basically logged off Twitter entirely. Like I check Isn't in every wonderful? couple weeks for like work stuff pretty much or like making healthy choices interact with like (laughs) folk who say nice things or whatever and it is like one of the like the greatest decisions i have made in the modern era is to not just be on twitter because the difference is like you can use it to talk to people and you can use it to like share things and share things other people have made but like as long as you just like don't scroll as long as you just, <laughs> yes. just, just don't scroll don't it's so you're tempting half, like, you're fine and yeah. like that's what i've come to peace with because i agree it is very funny and, and i don't think this is unique to your point i don't think this is unique to video games but it is very funny to see something happen and then 20 people make the same joke at the same time right yes. like 
And I, uh, so I agree to that extent. I don't think that's a unique to video games thing, but I do think. No, that it's that absolutely not. And it's like, as somebody who loves comedy, as somebody who, who used to run a successful satire site, somebody who wrote for the hard drive. I mean, I'm just letting you know all my, uh, you're very funny. We know. Thank you very much. <laughs> we agree. But I realized that, uh, Twitter, uh, it doesn't necessarily foster, uh, people coming up with the most clever jokes. It's who can come up with the most obvious joke, the fastest. And then that one will become the viral joke. And that is unhealthy for comedy. We want, we want good, funny jokes. But unfortunately, by the time somebody comes up with like a really, unless they're, you know, there's obviously there's people who are just, their brains are, are wired to just be the most clever people out there. Like, like Pixelated Boat always has incredible, incredible takes. But um, unless, you know, the, uh, I forgot where I was going. Just don't listen to me. Just I was don't on tweet. a tirade. Just don't, don't tweet. tweet. Don't use Twitter anymore. Tom, Tom I says don't Twitter. tweet. No, Tom is right. And I one thing that I noticed coming back to it, because it is very hard to do our job without having some sort of connection to Twitter, uh, yeah. is that it is impossibly dense. If you look away for three minutes and come back, you're like, what is this meme? People will reference like something that happened without referencing like names. And I'm like, I, everyone's mad at somebody and I don't know why or who this yeah. person is. And there is an assumption of familiarity. And the only way to become a part of that conversation is to just keep your dead-eyed stare right on t- the Twitter timeline and have it just eat your soul away. Boy, but uh, uh, I'll tell you, Feral Hog thing, the bit, the yeah. yes. Hog thing. I was I was offline, like I was away from Twitter for some reason when that joke blew up, and I remember coming back after it had died down, and for months people would just reference something about feral hogs and i had no idea what was going Never on it was because i missed like a 12-hour window of yes. one time. Yeah, i don't know what anyone's talking about now it's been really nice to not be on twitter this is a tangent as well but like it's a tom take occasionally jonathan like jonathan dornbush will just message me and be like have you heard about bean dad and i'll be like i have no clue what that is and then he'll be like cool and we won't talk about it like and that's like the most satisfying thing in the world is to know that there's something people are out there mad about and i just like don't have to have it in my life it's good it's refreshing to both of you i'm i am perpetually online i can't quit twitter uh you the the thing you are missing out on like the only actual thing you're missing out on on is about every six months someone actually does come up with something that is genuinely very good and funny and Uh it like it's really good but it only happens about once every six months and if you're okay just not knowing what that is then you're golden you don't need twitter yeah Yeah. it is and there's and to to be (sighs) fair also there is some like good work with like a lot of the like you know, stuff that has been coming out about like developer harassment stuff sure, and yeah. like misconduct a lot. There's a lot of good ways to get information about that's part of being kind of important things within the industry too. But like, thankfully I yes. can get those elsewhere, I think. Or yeah. you could read Reb's uh, story on uh, IGN.com about the workplace culture at Bunchy and how they're working to improve it. You should yeah. do that. That came you out should. like hours before we recorded this. Yeah. yeah. I'm ignoring Twitter right now. <laughs> all comes back around all right well we'll, we'll we'll talk about real quick what came out this week uh life is strange true colors shovel knight pocket dungeon which i have but i have not played thank you celia for the code uh loop hero which i will be talking about later loop hero. Which, yeah which would and today on nintendo switch online if you have the expansion pass is paper mario for the nintendo 64 and just announced today banjo kazooie coming next month are either one of you going to be playing some Paper Mario? No? no? You know, no. I might. I might. 
I played it on Wii U Virtual Console, and I found it very charming, but I just sort of fell off of it. So yeah, I might, I might too. I might charge up the old yeah. N64 controller and me some Paper Mario, but there's so many yeah. games. Yeah, that's kind of why so I'm saying games. no. It's a great game. Paper Mario 1 is is awesome, and you should play it if you haven't, at least just a little bit, just because to know where that series came from. But at the same time, like, it is a game I have played multiple times previously, and I'm okay. just like, yeah, I've never, you know what? I've never there's a lot it. coming out right now. <laughs> Yeah, I never played through it, so I'm I'm excited. I never played. Yeah, Super I didn't Mario finish RPG it. RPG either. So I have two games, just two games to play. That's all I'm going to play. Just kidding. Let's talk about what we've been playing. Red, what have you been? What have you been playing? You've been busy. I have. Yeah. Well, I have like sadly not touched my Nintendo Switch very much lately, so I don't have a whole lot of Switch stuff. Uh, I must have been playing Tales of Arise. Uh, but I I finished. New Game Plus on Ring Fit Adventure, which I've talked about on this podcast. Beast mode unlocked. That's incredible. Doing Ring Fit Adventure. Wow. There is, I, I have taken a slight break, both due to falling down the stairs and injuring my tailbone and making it hard to do half the exercises, <laughs> ah. uh, but also because I finished it and I wanted a little break for myself. But I think here, probably tomorrow, I'm going to start back up again, working nice. on the final mode of Ring Fit Adventure. Which oh, is right. Which Master. Is... Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is genuinely, I, I've said this on this podcast before. I don't want to just like beat this to death, but like it is, it is such a good game. It is, it is a genuinely incredible JRPG. I think it is innovative and interesting in, in ways that did not get talked about enough when it came out because exercise is hard. And I think it was hard Ugh. for a lot of people to complete this game. Yeah. Um, the thing I'm actually very excited about is if you played any Ring Fit Adventure, you know, that as you level up, you unlock new exercise. So you 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 have like a bar of a certain amount of exercises. It's a turn-based RPG. You do an exercise, it does damage to the enemy. As you as you level up, you unlock more exercises that you can assign to the slots on your bar. You get more slots as you go along. And so you can basically build a routine that you want to do as you fight these monsters. You get stronger and stronger exercises. Well, you hit you hit a certain point. <laughs> that video is Jonathan doing this. Jonathan. That's great. That's great. Um <laughs> Uh, you hit a certain point. Uh, it's like around level 230 where you stop unlocking new exercises. You just run Whoa. out. Uh, and so you're stuck the same because they all do different amounts of damage. And so for the majority of New Game Plus, I was stuck with the same exercises that did the most damage. And some of them were pretty good, but some of them were not the exercises I necessarily wanted to be doing. But I had to do them because the ones I wanted to be doing did too little damage. But mm. when you get to master mode, it unlocks a final set of every exercise at the maximum possible damage all of them can do. So you can Ooh. and they they have no recharge on them. So you can basically build whatever routine you want at that point and do it. And there's it still kind of encourages you to use like they're all color coded. So arms are red. So if you see a red enemy, you want to use arm exercises on it and so forth. There's still a little bit of that. But for the most part, you can just do whatever exercise you want as much as you want and build your own routine from there. And I am so excited to have finally unlocked that. I've been like doing research as to which ones are the best to do for <laughs> X, Y, and Z. And I built out this whole routine and I'm I'm so stoked. Like, ah, it's it's so good. I'm I don't know what I'm gonna do when I finish master mode. Like what oh. what what's left at that point? Give me another Wait. ring fit Nintendo. Please give me another one. <laughs> give me <laughs> DLC, anything. I'm begging you. I was kind of surprised that they haven't really supported this with DLC as popular as it is. There was a time in 2020 where you couldn't, you could not buy this game. Like yeah. everybody yeah. was out there buying it, but like shh, they don't. added the, the, the DDR thing, the dancing, the rhythm game. Oh, okay. But I haven't done that. I, I thought that was, I say it was hard. I, it didn't quite do 
for me what I wanted it right. to do. For me, for me, the sto- the fact that there's a story and that I can keep leveling up and progressing through different I levels love, is sort of I did not me. realize any of this until you started talking about about it, like that there was this whole story thing. But don't tell my wife, but I, I got it for Christmas for her. <gasps> it's really good. And the story's yeah. really good. And it's it's really empowering, too. I know a lot of people said that, and it was true, We Fit and We Fit You kind of had some weird body shamey stuff in there. Like mm. it, when you started the game and you stood on there, it weighed you. And if you didn't, ha- it, like based yes. everything on BMI, which is a, if you know anything about BMI, it's kind of a nonsense tool anyway. But if it, if, if you like weighed a certain amount, it would make your meat fat and would like shame oh, you. Yeah. For well, that. I remember was, the first time I, uh, I stepped on my Wii Fit board, it oinked. Yeah. And if you want, oh, really? That's so upsetting. No, it's and, no, it's not true. That's like a Norm oh. Macdonald joke. That I just, <laughs> okay, don't do that to me. I would, I would have believed that. Uh, but, but it would do things like that. And if you didn't play for a while, it'd be like, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you exercising? But Ring Fit is not like that at all. It is really gentle with you. If you come back, it's just like, hey, you haven't been here in a while. Like, do you want to do? Do you want to mess with the difficulty? Are you good? Like, cool. We're happy you're here. Oh, I love it. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't do anything like that. It's very focused on having a healthy attitude towards fitness, and the story itself is critical about confronting a character who does have an unhealthy attitude towards fitness, and basically educating oh, him yeah. on what it means to have a good relationship with your body. And I, I, I loved it. it. It's been so meaningful to me. I will never shut up about Ring Fit. <laughs> I, every time you talk about Ring Fit, I'm like, oh, I should just break it out right now. Start playing it. It sounds so fun and delightful. Really and I want to, you know, I'm looking forward to it. But so Ring Fit is what Rev's been playing, Tom. What have you been playing? Nothing. Well, You've been too busy, too. Uh, I've been I've been playing less Switch stuff lately, I guess. Mm. Um so I'm playing like I'm playing through another run of Persona 5 Royal right now, which is not on Switch still, sadly. Um, holding out heck? hope, holding out hope that one day something will happen. We're get that was a Game Awards announcement, right? Is that we're getting the oh yeah the Persona, Persona 4, 4 fighting game fighting game yeah from 2013 is coming to Switch, which is just so funny Finally. to me. No hate to that game or the people who are excited for it, but it's just like that's kind of a funny one to pull back you know, eight years later or whatever. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, so I'm playing that. I'm playing uh, something for review I can't talk about right now. And then I have been playing Metroid Dread here and there um, because I very came to that game, one. You know. Yeah, it's a very good game. I came to that one late, I guess I should say. Not like super, super late, but like I only started it last month um, and I've been kind of plugging away at it a little bit slowly. Uh, I hit a part without spoilers that I got very frustrated by and stopped playing. <laughs> it it's involves, hard to exactly nail down which part you mean. It, it involves an enemy that can see through walls. I'll put it that okay. way. <laughs> okay. That should give most people an idea who played it. Yep. Um, yep. The thing I really appreciate about this game, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this a million times on the show, so I won't go like crazy deep. Oh, we can it. always talk about Metroid Dread. Well, one thing I will say that has really impressed me about this, because I haven't, I haven't talked about it at all yet really with people is I love the bosses because they are incredibly hard the first time you fight them. And then by the time you can beat them, they feel incredibly easy. And I think that is like genuinely like like master class levels of design that you can make a boss, like consistently make bosses feel that way where that they are just like, how am I ever going to do this? And then by the the end, you feel like nothing has changed about you or your abilities, but like suddenly you just like understand yeah. it in a way that you yes. didn't before. Um, yes. So I think that's really, really impressive. I am a little bit. I guess I should say uh, I was surprised by how linear it is. It's a very, very 
linear game, at least in, in the first kind of half or so. It just sort of like sends you on your path and you don't really have a lot of opportunities to like you have opportunities to backtrack, of course, but like there's not really much need to until you've like unlocked mm. a lot more abilities and then you get to explore more. It's it's very yeah. on rails for a while, uh, which is not like a massive criticism of it. It's just like something I was surprised to see, I guess. But yeah, I am yeah. really, really enjoying it. I mean, there is some sequence breaking and I think I haven't done any of the sequence breaking, but what I like about it is it's not it's not obvious, but, you know, the famous uh, I won't I don't want to spoil it because people will get mad, but there's like a famous boss fight where if you have the morph ball before you fight this boss, like they anticipated that sequence being broken. So it's it's I think that's really cool is that sure it's not obvious that you can sequence break, but they knew that people would. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. guess I more meant that like there would be times where I would be exploring and I'd be like, oh, okay, so is this path the way I'm supposed to go? And I jump down a little thing and then it'd be like, oh, you can't get back up. You got to just keep going. Oh, yeah. Okay. You know, like That's there was a same. there was a lot of that where you would have to yeah. like close a door permanently behind you in order to go through the next door. And that eventually yep. goes away because eventually you get abilities that let you get around all of these obstacles that you've created yourself. So it's not like, a well, thing. it's just you know yeah. what they say when Metroid Dread closes the door opens a window no, they don't say that nobody says that yeah. do you want to know what i haven't played <laughs> yes please oh what reb oh i was gonna ask tom do you play a lot of other metroidvanias especially yeah. like more recent ones like last five six years or so yeah yeah, yeah. it's one of my I favorite wonder genres if, i wonder if any of that comes from the fact that the metroidvania genre has very much tended more i think in recent years to a, a much more open design I think, I think you're right. Yeah. Maybe. Like, no, I, and so you're, you're kind totally of expecting right. that, but Metroid originally is, I think, a little more linear in its earlier mm. Yeah. Stages, I, I, I think specifically what surprised me in this was how many times it would lock a door behind you, I guess is mm. the way I would put it. But you are 100% yeah. right that, like, like, I mean, I've talked about Hollow Knight on this show endlessly, but, like, Hollow Knight yeah, is a gonna, game yes. where, like, you can go any direction. You can go five different directions at once. And if you get stuck on something, you can just turn around and go do a different thing instead. And like, yeah. that is absolutely not what Metroid Dread is. And it's also not what Metroid Dread is trying to be, right? It's not like, it's it's not a, a shortcoming that it is not that because it's not trying yeah. to be Hollow Knight. It is, it is its own For thing. Sure. And I think you're completely right that like, oh, Metroidvanias have 100% started leaning towards that style of world and map and progression a lot more than the original Metroids did. And this is much more in the style of the original Metroids. And I, I'm not faulting it for that by any means. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's a good game. I did see some, uh, some conversation in the, in the uh, NBC Facebook group actually saying, you know, like people who had played so much hollow Knight were kind of disappointed by dread. A sure. Bit. So yeah. yeah, I think uh, it'd be interesting to see what the next Metroid you know, side-scrolling Metroid game is now that the story is basically wrapped up. But right. As far as an evolution of the series, but yeah, Metroid Dread, you could do worse. Um, I have been playing two incredible games. Loop Hero came to Switch yesterday. Loop Hero. Love, love, love Loop Hero. And uh, yeah, I knew from the start when I first played that game on PC, I was like, this would be perfect on Switch, and it turns out it is. I played it while I was watching the Game Awards last night and uh, I just kept doing my loops and doing my loops and pushing that envelope, and pushing that envelope, but not going too far because I did that way too much on the PC version. I just got frustrated. It was my own fault. So now when I 
you know, I get a lot of uh, stuff. I'll go back to my camp and I'll go, you know, back to my village and build that up. But if you haven't played Loop Hero, I cannot recommend it enough because it is wonderful and it is the perfect sort of like I just need to kill some time game. But it it's not a game that you really play in the background because it does require some strategy. It's like a almost like a card game, but not a card game. It's uh, I love. I love Loop Hero a whole heck of a lot, and I'm probably going to play it <clears throat> as soon as the uh, the day is over and <laughs> put it on the old big screen. Because that my one complaint is my old man eyes. I kind of have a hard time reading the font on the mm. on the OLED screen. Um, but what can you do? I mean, I guess I could probably turn up the font size. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, Seth, how I many uh, how many bosses have you beaten? Like, how far are you? I. Oh, on the on the Switch version, I haven't even beaten the first the first boss yet. I'm okay. I'm trying to go OP as I possibly can. Um, I don't remember on the PC how far I got. I primarily spent my time getting frustrated by making bad decisions, which is <laughs> sort of the story of my life. Um, <clears throat> up until I got hired by IGN. So yeah, uh, now I I'm really looking forward to actually like playing through it in the Switch. And plus, you know. I'm more apt to play a game like that when I can just play it anywhere. So like yeah. playing it in bed underneath all my warm blankets. It's snowing in Maine, by the way. Very cozy. Ooh, jealous. Perfect loop hero weather. Speaking of snow, however, I took I took Pear's advice. I took Max Scoville's advice, and I started playing SnowRunner. And yeah. everyone who said, oh, it's the perfect Seth game was right. Because, <laughs> oh my God, I love SnowRunner. It is Breath of the Wild with trucks. You could just go <laughs> anywhere and just drive over, you know, in the mud. And it's awesome. And I found a, 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 an international scout, which is like one of the, like a vehicle that I would like to own in real life. And then I jacked it up a little bit, put some big old mud running tires on there. It goes everywhere. I can scout around. I just got my uh, off-road truck, which is like the civilian version of a deuce and a half, which is a military truck, which is way better than the Hummer in every possible way. In spite of the fact that it's like Korea era. But uh, having driven an actual deuce and a half when I was in the military, I can vouch and a Hummer. I can say for sure, oh, there's a Hummer right there, but that's a civilian version. The deuce and a half goes up a 60 degree incline, goes everywhere. The only thing I can say is that it, it doesn't have a lot of leg room. And I smashed my knees a lot trying to shift gears in it because they don't, they don't come in automatic. But yeah. And SnowRunner's so good. I wish it had uh, cross saves because I would love to just play it like on the Xbox and then just jump right in, you know. Like I said, like I like cozying up in bed with some snow runner on the switch, but maybe, maybe in the future, I, I haven't really done it's, it's my, my uh, open world curse. I haven't really done a lot of the game. I've mostly just spent just driving around muddy back roads like I do in real life. That's another great thing about this is like, I've done a lot of this stuff in real life. So it's, it's a very, it's, it's much more fun uh, on a video game. Looking get a truck unstuck. Looking at this life. gameplay of it, it's all these big trucks like driving through yeah. mud and snow. Very, yep. it looks in, in like water. It looks like how I play Forza, but slow. <laughs> <laughs> it is. This is what I do. Like, I just try to drive cars up hills that they're not supposed to go up, and yes. drive cars into lakes and things. Except I do it very yeah. fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the kind of things that surprised me the most about SnowRunner was how realistic it feels when you're going through the mud. I mean, there's a couple of small touches that it doesn't exactly get right but by and large like this is a sim of driving yeah. trucks through the mud and it sounds so stupid like i spent two hours 
hauling a fuel trailer across the map and I got it stuck between two trees. And most of the two hours was spent of me just being like, I'm not giving up. I am getting this unstuck. And I can't explain it. It sounds I, like if I had been um, streaming this, even if I were like a big streamer with 20,000 viewers, I would have had one because it was so uninteresting and boring to watch. But for me, I was having the most fun. I'm like, I'm getting this out. We're not yeah. getting stuck in there. Oh, and they just got a, a main expansion for it, too. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. One, one of the things I like about this game, too, is that all the like your vehicles and their position in the world are like persistent. Right. So like if you yeah. if you get a truck stuck in the mud, you can like go get one of your other trucks and yep. like bring it over to winch out your first truck. Yeah. So like it, it is just it is a total sim because this was the sequel, right, to Spin Tires Mud Runner, yep. which then just got like an expansion that just made it start calling it Mud Runner. And then they made Snow Runner. And like the whole deal with spin tires way back in the day was like th it's unparalleled parallel mud simulation. Like you, yeah. you said, you sounded silly for, for saying that, but like that was like the on the box bullet point selling <laughs> point for these, this series. Right. Um, it's cool to hear that it works so well on switch because this is a game. It's a pretty game and this is, and has a lot of like those simulation aspects. So it's not necessarily the game I would, a game I would expect to work well on Switch necessarily. So it's cool to hear you're having fun with it. Uh, I mean, I have to confess, I've been playing it on Game Pass. Oh uh, well, it might. Mm. You know, we'll we'll see. <laughs> uh -huh. But I want it on Switch. Like I was, that's why I was saying I wish I had crossplay. Like I wish yeah. I could play it on my TV in 4K on my Xbox, and then sure. just you know jump it onto the Switch and play it you know wherever else I want to. Because apparently, it runs at 60 FPS on the switch yeah is, i mean well, like you know, the fact that it yeah. runs <laughs> metroid dread even if you've been playing it on game pass like the fact that it is functional on switch is like cool right like that is yeah. that's just the switch needs more games like this yeah it's so fun it is the funnest thing. i might just get it on switch just to play it like on the go and plus i i know a little bit more now i've made a lot of rookie mistakes at the beginning of my game and i don't have a lot of money so my trucks aren't that great I made, made some trees that I didn't need, like a crane. I didn't need a crane. <laughs> sounds like a, you know what this sounds like, Seth? Not to, not to rag on the Switch. I apologize, NVC listeners. It sounds like a Steam Deck game for you. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Mm. Mm. If I were going to get a Steam Deck, though, that thing's like 600 bucks. Then it's a Switch game. <laughs> <laughs> it would be, oh, man. I just want it everywhere. Just. You know, we got Civ Six has crossplay with PC and Xbox and, and, and yeah. PlayStation on on the Nintendo Switch. Hades has cross saves. Yeah, Div Divinity Original Sin Two has cross saves. Right, we like, have the technology. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I didn't. I didn't realize that this was like a persistent game. Like they're still updating. I thought it was just like a one and done. They put it out and every. But no, they're like adding new areas. Like like yeah. They like I said, they just added like main. Like you can go bombing around. Oh, you must be so happy. No idea. It's it's like uh. Weirdest your tender thing. Seth Hart. Yeah, it's it kind of reminds me of uh, like back in the day when I, you know, PlayStation 2 and I play Tony Hawk, you know, constantly. Tony Hawk 2, Tony Hawk 3, whatever. And then I would go out into the real world and I'd see like pipes and curbs. And I'd be like, ooh, I could get a trick off of that. Now in real life, I'd like, I'll see a truck and I'd be like, or a hill. I'd be like, I could go down that hill. Oh, I, I have a truck. I could go down that hill in my truck. I'm not going to, but. Uh, it's the little things in life. Yeah, it is. <laughs> It is the funnest game. I love it so much. I did not expect that I was going to love it. If it had come out this year, it'd be, it would be my game of the year. I played the entire time that I had off. I was like, I'm going to accomplish something. 
I accomplished nothing other than, uh, you know, I, I built a bridge. I hauled some, 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 some loads up to the bridge construction site and <laughs> helped save the, the flooded people of Michigan. So there it is. SnowRunner, I can't recommend it enough. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited about it. it everyone, everyone was right. You were all right. So let's move on to question block. There was a question last week that I wanted to get to, but we didn't have like enough time to talk about it, but we have a fair amount of time. And this is from Carl. Novio. Carl asks, is it more important for a remake to appeal to original fans or to a new mm. audience? And I really like this question because it got me thinking and it just mm. like both sides of this just kept spinning around in my head. And of course, I landed on the most cowardly answer of all, which is both. It has to do both. <laughs> That's things. the right answer. It's the right answer. But uh, I mean, well, Rev, what would you expound upon that, please? I mean, it, I mean, what is the right answer? But I it, spiritually, it is the right answer because you want you want the people who loved that the original game, who made the remake possible in the first place, to be happy. But you also don't only want them to play it; you want new people to get to experience it as well. That's why it's the right answer. But if we're absolutely having to pick, I actually think the answer is new fans. Really? Because yes, because the old. The old fans of this game, whatever it may be, are always going to love that original. Like by mm. not doing a remake at all, you have not you've not deprived them of anything. They still have this thing that they love. But the idea behind a remake existing at all isn't really just to give some people who liked a game 20 years ago what they want, right? It's to it's to bring it to people who have never gotten a chance to play it before, who didn't experience it when it was out, who have no reason to go back to it, who don't have the hardware or the technology or whatever they need to go back and play something on the N64 or whatever. Mm. Like the whole point is for a new group to get to experience the thing that people loved so much back then. And for any of that to happen, it has to work for new people. Like you don't, if you make a one-to-one -one remake of something that had things that made it inaccessible or challenging, or where maybe, maybe we have however many years more knowledge and maybe the things that were in it are not necessarily the kinds of things you want to put in a game in 2021. Then hmm. you have to update them to make sure that people now in this day and age who have never gotten a chance to experience this understand and can connect with it. And I think that's, I think that's, if you absolutely have to pick one of the two, I think that's the most important one. Damn. That's a good answer. I have to put Tom on the spot. No, I think, I think I'm, I didn't. I oh, I'm by the way, this is a contest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm convinced. Like I was think I was trying to think about it because it's a tricky thing to think about, to be honest. Uh, and I, I think honestly, Reb just hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Um, like, even if you're not talking about remakes, right? Like, if you're like, I'm thinking about like the Nintendo Switch online old games, right? The the brutally difficult nature of NES and Super Nintendo games might appeal to the original fans of those games as some a part of what was so appealing about them. But like to a brand new gamer nowadays, like the idea of not being able to save mid run mm. sort of just sucks. Yeah, right? like that's just not an appealing thing. And it makes those games much, much harder to convince someone to try and play um, who's not used to that type of game. So, like, saving mid-run may or may not appeal to an old fan, but it does appeal to a new fan in a way that I think is more important, probably. Yeah. So uh, I, think, I, think I would Reb also said, argue... I think said it right. I would also argue that those things, like not being able to save mid-run and those other things, they sucked back then, too. Oh, yeah. We were yeah. all just like... We just didn't know any better. And had infinite free time. <laughs> 
and yeah. didn't know that something well something better was not possible in some cases at the time but we didn't know that better could potentially exist someday and so we just put up with it because we were kids and the thing was fun because we didn't know what we could have and now that we have other things like there's i i think i've maybe i said this somewhere else but people don't i think i think a lot of people don't actually play a lot of the classic library that comes back or they might play it for a couple hours they might mm. like dip into a game here or there to relive some nostalgia but you don't have mass waves of people going back and replaying the entirety of all those nes games that is not how people play games i think yeah i think we've had data that backs that up too for all the classic libraries that are va- available people don't do that yeah there's kind of a reason why they don't <laughs> It's because some of that stuff is does not play well. Even if you liked it as a kid, it doesn't work when you're a busy adult and you're used to games that accommodate that. Yeah. I think that's fine. The quality of life improvements is what I believe we refer to them as yes. most of all. I, you know, I said that it's the cowardly answer to say both. But now, now that I've thought about it, now that I've heard what you <laughs> two have to say, I'm going to be contrarian. I'm oh. going to say no. I actually think, and this is this is in the most superficial way, but I think it is more important for a remake to appeal to the original fans because it's free marketing, and through their excitement and discussion and discourse, people who you know are familiar with the, like a famous famous uh, game, you know, like the Grand Theft Auto trilogy, which is apparently horrible, but you know, if you never played that, and all of a sudden you see. Everyone you know who's maybe a little older, maybe you look up to, is like super excited about it. Boom! The it is appealed to the original fans, and through their excitement, now you're bringing in the new audience, and that's where I think the Grand Theft Auto trilogy failed. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> sure, it appealed to the, or it brought in a new audience, but it didn't do the right things. It was a buggy. It mess. did not bring in a new audience. That game was just bad. Well. I mean, yeah, people, the, the, the new trilogy was bad, not the yeah, original game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think in the, in the question of is it more important to appeal to new fans or originals, the Grand Theft Auto trilogy answered neither. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah that is not. sadly. I mean, that was just the example that came to ha- my, my mind because it's like the most like recent big remake that I could think of. But no, I think I think it is important to to hook you get that that marketing, that free marketing hook of the excitement of the original fans. Like if they told me tomorrow they're making an SSX tricky remake, I would lose my damn mind, and I'd be all over but, the internet. But but Seth, okay, yes. so if they say, here's here your example, so they say okay. tomorrow they're making they're making this tricky remake, whatever. Yes, yes. Uh, Run they DMC they, is back. They haven't released it yet. So you don't know if it's going to appeal to you or not. But you're oh, that you're doesn't go matter. Talk about it. Yes, you're going to do their marketing for it. I know. As an old, you think fan, I don't know this? Of, but regardless of whether you know if it's going to appeal to you or not, like all of this gets done before it even comes out, and you even know if it's actually going to be something that touches you or not. Yeah, so it I, doesn't I mean, matter. I'm part of the problem. The preamble I'll be doesn't the first matter. To admit it. Yeah. So <laughs> the existence of such a thing. Yeah. Will do that work for them. Yeah, that is. But then if they, you know, <laughs> but if they said, you know, we've got all the original voices, Oliver Platt is back. I would be, you know, flipping, flipping my lid. That's the only one who I can remember. There was a bunch of like famous people who did voices for SSX Tricky. Uh, Wait, I thought that was a joke. No, Oliver Platt is. <laughs> Oliver in- Platt is a voice in SSX Tricky? Wait, yeah. the phone. <laughs> you want to have your mind blown? The town that I used to live in, the island where I grew up. 
Oliver Platt has a summer home that was like down the street from my house. So sometimes in the summer, I'd see this like, like he's like six foot five. And I'd see this giant man on a bicycle. I'd be like, oh, it's Oliver Platt. He's riding by my house right now. So I'm thinking of taking my copy of SSX Tricky out there and getting him to autograph it. So yeah. Oliver Platt, it, I'm imagining this Oliver Platt fellow biking down your street and suddenly a grown man is like chasing after him with a copy of SSX Tricky. Will you sign this? He's very nice. He actually, I've, I've like been into his, I've done work for him and he's like a super, he's like a oh, really okay. nice guy and his family. Well, that's like slightly more normal then. But it still Wait. would be weird if I was like, hey man, I came to your house so you could sign this. And he'd be like. This is such a tangent, but the tr- cast of SSX Tricky, David Arquette. Yes, that's. Lucy, r- what? Lucy Liu, Oliver Platt, Macy Gray. <laughs> That's these are all like those are those are people are all yeah. voices in that game. And Rozelle is the uh, is the narrator. Ah, Rozelle. But with that, Happy birthday, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. With that mind blowing uh, revelation, that is all the time we have on NBC for this week. But you should follow us on Twitter at NBC Podcast, or you can submit your questions to NBC at IGN.com or on the post on the NBC Facebook page. Thank you, Reb, and fan favorite Tom. Not to say that Reb is not a fan favorite, because she is, and she's one It's of Tom. It's okay. You're both, we can say it's Tom. Hey, look, you're both my favorites. So I Aww. also want to thank Red on the ones and twos, and Logan behind the scenes. Most of all, thanks to you for hanging out with us. And remember, NBC is the only place where you can... Get the thing. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.